The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. To the Pod SQ podcast, I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate Rico. What's up, man? What's up, dude? You look like you were like really holding back laughter on that one. I'm fucking exhausted, dude. I'm bordering on delirious right now, so that's probably why. How much coffee have you had today? Uh, well, okay, <laughs> I've had 20 ounces of coffee, but only 14 of those have been regular, so. <laughs> that was good. I uh, you got me to snork. Coffee? What do you call it snorking? Snarking. Snarking. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I, good. Because I, I usually drink fifty fifty on coffee because caffeine will fuck with me a little bit. So I usually do like a fifty fifty blend of coffee. But being that I'm working off four hours sleep right now, <laughs> I pushed it over. Yeah, you push so. it to the limit. Yeah, a little bit. Limits. Limits. Um. Anyway, I uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So first things first, I wanted to tell you a quick story about our buddy Fumes from the stream and Facebook. What's Fumes up to? Fumes is, dude. He's doing massive fucking moves. Most of them I can't talk about because he asked me to hold those off until he announces them, and that's fine. But that's not what I wanted to bring him up about. I wanted to bring him up because. You and I are both animal lovers. Um, me more dogs and you, I think mixture because of Dino and sugar, but anyway. Um, I'm a, I'm a cat person that likes dogs, but I yeah, just, that's okay. I would, that's a, I'm, I'm not the type who would go out and get a dog. I'm the type who'd be like, let's get another cat. Right. And I'm the type that says, go get a dog, but I'm not out for negativity on cats or anything. Um, nice, nice safe. Go ahead. Thank you. Fumes mm. was, I don't know the whole story, so I'm going to conjecture part of this, but he was basically walking down the street and found a stray that apparently has been out there for some time now and just said, you know what? Fuck it. And took it home with him. A stray dog. Stray dog. Yeah. And I should have said that. Thank you. Um, Took it home with him. Cleaned him up. Like a homeless dude? Like he took a stray? (laughs) Yeah. He's got a stray homeless dude. No, he he found a dog. I don't know what it is. Neither does he right now. Last time I talked to him, he was taking it to the vet to get it, um, mm-hmm. determine what breed it was. So I, the last time, I, like I said, the last time I talked to him, I have not heard yet. So I don't know what it is, but it's a white, beautiful dog, and he cleaned it up. He's feeding it, and um, I don't know what the rules are in Chicago, but I think he basically, as long as it's not chipped, I think he can basically claim ownership of this animal at this point so um 
So he he's Good taking for him. His, yeah, awesome. He it, it, the dog's name is Luigi. Um, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, but I, it, I approve. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, but it's fitting with fumes and his stream and all that. And and it, like I said, it's a beautiful dog. And and the primary reason for bringing it up is just to applaud fumes for saving this animal because yeah. I don't think it was like close to death or anything, but it certainly was not in great shape either. And now it's got a home with someone who's going to really care about it. And I think that's awesome. So thumbs up the fumes for, for bringing this dog in and, and rescuing it essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Thank, thanks. Uh, fumes, uh, stage an animal. So that, that's, that's great. I, mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather he did that than, than people personally. I'm, yeah. I'm more of an animal lover <laughs> than I have, you know, but hey man, if it, if it helps him out and the dog helps, you know, and they help each other out. Well, and that's the other thing. And without getting too much into his personal business, I think the dog will be very beneficial to him as well. So I think it's going to be a, you know, I think that goes without saying for most people with pets, they True. usually need a pet because, you know, lonely sacks of shit people. <laughs> well, I know he's not a lonely sack of shit. That's, terrible thing to I say. was actually really talking more about us if I'm oh well, yes we are lonely sacks of shit but um yes yeah so we don't even we don't even like each other we're just lonely so we do a podcast with each other basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck all right i just know how delirious you are so i'm trying I'm to fuck with so you so tired yeah it's um, like seeing someone on acid and just sort of being like hey man you see that mushroom like oh my I, god there is a mushroom i wish i was on acid i might actually feel better um I don't anyway so. i don't i don't know how you would be on acid i yeah i don't want to know either um so that said i wanted to talk about something that we kind of touched on two episodes ago and it's a thing about tarantino because oh a, a tarantino tie-in essentially yeah um because by coincidence kill bill volume one was on the other night and i was watching it and even though i own it it just was on so i had it playing and sure. it was at the beginning and this is something i thought about when we were discussing tarantino's movies and Really didn't bring it up because we weren't a deep diving all of his movies. It was more of just like a follow up to Once Upon a Time and doing a quick ranking. But I found what I'm calling a major plot hole in the first movie. Okay. Or the first Kill Bill. Yeah, I get you. And well, it's more for the audience. But um, so she wakes up right as the um, pimp, if you will, was bringing in his next client. The right, the orderly, and you know she fa- pretends to be asleep. So he goes through his spiel about what you can and can't do to her and all that stuff. And she fucks up the guy that's trying to rape her, and ultimately fucks up the orderly whose name is Buck. You know, right. and she should. That's all terrible stuff they were doing to her, and I'm glad she fucked them both up. Right, right. Buck rapist. Yes, absolutely. But they were. She was at that point. Par- I don't know, paralyzed, but her muscles had atrophied, so her legs were not working. Right. Um, and so she couldn't walk very well. Or and, at all. Or at all, yeah. And she kills the orderly. Well, she kills mm-hmm. them both, really, but she kills the orderly and then steals the keys to his truck, the pussy wagon, and goes out to his truck 
and gets in the back seat to begin to like will her legs into functioning again, basically. Yeah. Um, spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen this movie, by the way. But it's still. the beginning of the fucking movie, guys. Like, yeah, for real. But still. It's it's pretty spoiled within the first 20 minutes. Here's the plot hole. And I'm going to sound a little bit like Steph on this one, but I feel like I'm right. Okay? Okay. I'm, I'm with you. She gets in the truck and starts working on her legs. And there's her toes. a her Well, starts with her toes and then works her way, I'm sure, up her legs. We just don't see all that in the thing because there's a fade out and a thing that comes across the screen it says 13 hours later and she jumps out of the truck gets in the front of the truck and drives away here's my plot hole she left a dead body in (laughs) her room and she's missing someone who's been a coma patient for over a decade or over five years i think it is at that point yeah for four years four years okay and leaves a Two dead bodies, really, in her room, and nobody thinks to check for his truck that's sat there for 13 hours? Here's the thing that I can maybe argue. I I 100% agree with you, and it's not... And that's not me, to our listeners, that's not me shitting on the movie or saying, now suddenly I don't like it, I still love the movie, but that's... No, it's, it's, it's not even really you nitpicking. It's sort of a gaping hole that's just like, I mean, he, and Tarantino could have totally fixed it if he just hadn't said 13 hours. If he just said three hours. Or three hours, sometime later. Or, even up to, or sometime later. Yeah. Or something. But here's the only thing that I can, I can argue. And I, I, for all I know, there is a clock in the room in the movie that like goes against this theory. Sure. It could have been right before, uh, the, the hospital quote, not really closes because hospitals don't close, but they, right. They minimize entrances and, and, and everything. And like maybe the majority of it, it could also be a really small, like hospital. Right. Be, but hold on a second. All right. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. I'm saying, and then like it could be 13 hours at, for, you know, honestly, for all we know, she may have hid the bodies. Okay. But that's the other thing, right? I thought of that. I thought, well, let me. So you bring up two points. I want to start with the small hospital or closing or that portion of your theory, right? Patients are still checked on. Now, I'm assuming coma patients not as frequently, but still probably every couple hours. Right. Thirteen hours would not pass with somebody going into that room and noticing that she was missing and dead bodies. Unless Buck was the only one assigned to... But it's, he yeah. was an orderly, not a nurse. So there would still be a nurse assigned to her do, or to do that. Do we even room. know if he was an orderly, or do we? Did I just do we just assume he may I, be a nurse? Well, okay, but his shift would have ended, and still the fact that he wouldn't have gone back to the nurses station because I listen. This is where I can kind of get a little nitpicky about it because my mom was a nurse in a hospital right. for twenty plus years. You know, like. Right. I know how that functions. You know, they, they go to the nurse's station. They check on their patients. They do rounds. Like, this guy disappearing for a solid 13 hours mm-hmm. just doesn't fly. Do you know what I'm saying? The only other thing that I can think of is that he is so, like, hated within the hospital. They're just like, fuck Buck. I don't even want to go near him. We know what he's doing to that woman in the coma. We don't want to be any part of it. We don't want to see it. 
So they just ignore him. I, I, I mean, I guess. But all right, even then, the guy that got brought in to, to fuck her disappears. Yeah. Well, they he, don't know about him. But not he's got for him. family or somebody, uh, presumably. Why would you presume that motherfucker's got family if he's raping Uma Thurman? Okay, well, that's, in, in that's, yeah, that's fair. I got to give you that. Yeah. But The only family that dude has is Adam Sandler. Right, because it's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, it's Adam Sandler's buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not implying that Adam Sandler's a, associates with scumbags. It's the actor. Yeah, we're not, with, we are yeah. not saying that John Lochran, I think is, is what his name is. I think so, is yeah. He's a rapist, but he definitely is very good at playing creeps. Yes. Remember, he was, a, he was a death bruise. I only he's saw that guy, once, so I right, don't. He's the guy. Yeah. I owns the fucking like white car that they want to do that. Hey man's uh, that um, what the fuck pirates mask or whatever the fuck I, they're doing, dude. I'm and, not gonna remember. And they leave yeah. like their friend. Bear with me. They leave a friend who's like the cheerleader, and they imply like, oh, we're gonna test drive your car. We're gonna leave our friend who's an actress who's in a cheerleading outfit, and then like he just sort of stands in front of her and goes. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, he's got that very distinct laugh. Like he uses that in in a couple of the Sandler movies. Waterboy, I think, is the most um, prominent yeah, one. Yeah, you're right. Um, he's got a he's got a cross eye. Yeah, he crosses yeah. his eye to look more weird, fucked up. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, I, from, I see your point. It is a glaring. It is a it is a hole. It yeah, and and that's really kind of a bad choice of words <laughs> considering the scene leading up to it. But that's not the yeah. Um, that said, the other thing I noticed, and this is not about Kill Bill, but you said something on the episode about Eric Stoltz being in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And when I went back and listened to the episode, I was like, oh, I don't think I ever, because when you, sometimes when we're talking, uh, you, and we've talked about this on air before, I'm juggling many things to keep the show flowing. And sure. sometimes when you say stuff, I miss little nit, little things like that. Like, I think I missed you saying Stoltz was in Pulp Fiction when we were, we were recording it. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, can we get some of that, too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mm, delicious. Yes, it worked. Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. So when I went back and I heard it, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was in there. So I went, I looked it up. And when I saw who he was playing and had no idea that that was Eric Stoltz, was really like, oh, wow. Like, no clue that that was who that was. Really? It yeah, was for real. recognizable in that movie. If you're familiar with Eric Stoltz, I know the name. I know some oh. of the roles he's been in, but I don't know him well enough to look at a picture and go, okay, that's Eric Stoltz. I, I don't. I, 
Okay, I think I've always kind of rec- known what Eric Stoltz looked like based on the movie The Butterfly Effect. Right, he which I've only like, seen once. So, Well, he plays like Ashton Kutcher's girlfriend's dad, who like makes them, like he puts them in a kiddie porn movie at one point. Oh, wow. Okay. And, it, and at, one, at one point, he grows his hair long and has a beard, and he basically looks exactly looks like how he did Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Which, uh, but I, to me, you're right. I haven't seen Eric Stoltz in much of anything. Right. I mean, like, the, the, here's the two things I know him for, honestly. Like, outside of Pulp Fiction, now that I know he's in the movie, is Mask, which he's yeah. under a shit ton of prosthetics and whatever. Right. And his non-existent role on Back to the Future. <laughs> right. You know? I would actually 100% agree. I, I mean, nothing against Eric right. I think he's actually, like... Oh, he was... Now that I know that that's who that is, like, I have much more... more work. Re- he needs to work with Tarantino more. Probably. Um, But, like, for real, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, that's who that is. And, like, I mean, he was awesome in that role. That That's one of my favorite characters in the whole movie of Pulp Fiction, like, honestly. You know, someone said that basically that is Jesus in, like, in hiding. Someone, some, <laughs> someone, I don't remember who it was, but, like, it's just Jesus come back to Earth, and he, like, says, fuck it, I'm just gonna sell drugs. Like, the interaction between him and Patricia Arquette is, I think it's Patricia. Rosanna. Oh, Rosanna, okay, sorry. Um, I knew it was an Arquette, I just couldn't remember. Yeah. It may <laughs> um, have been David, for all I know. <laughs> yeah right um but the interaction between those two was i loved it like you know when she's giving him shit about finding the shot and he's like we should fuck up let me find the shot you know what i mean or even there when was... he's talking to vince and he's like when you bring a fucked up poo when i bring a fucked up poo to your house i'll give her the shot you bring a you know i'm screwing a lineup but you know the sequence one of my favorite, there's, I saw, last, last thing about Tarantino because we should have said all this shit about Tarantino. Well, yeah, but we, episode. yeah. Because we do have other shit to talk about, but I'll tell you this one last we thing. We do. Uh, there was a, you could probably still find it on YouTube, but someone had done basically the Muppet version of Pulp Fiction. Oh, I've so they seen t- part of it, I think. So they took like the Muppet heads and like sort of CGI'd them on, uh, the actual actors' bodies. Okay. So, like, it's Fozzie and Kermit as Jules and <laughs> uh, Vincent. Or all right. Vincent and Jules. So, they're doing all that. And then when they do the end, say, starring. And then it shows, like, Kermit the Frog as uh, Vincent Vega and Fozzie Bear as Jules. And then they go through all that. And they say, also starring. They go through, like, uh, Gonzo, Miss Piggy, and, right. and, and Animal. And then it also just shows Eric Stoltz, and it shows Eric Stoltz just <laughs> sitting in his chair, like eating cereal. It just, but without being a Muppet. So, like, the implication is that Eric Stoltz is a fucking Muppet. Oh, wow. But they didn't change it at all. I, know, right, I thought right. that was the funniest joke in the whole fucking thing. I was like, this is pretty funny. Oh, my God. That's even funnier. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to bring those up real quick before we get into tonight's topic, which, fresh off the heels of last episode's uh, topic of Tom Hanks, we've decided to specifically deep dive into three movies we really did not get very deep into during our Tom Hanks discussion, which are the... We're doing Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, right? No. No, no, no. That's that's next week? 
Um, spoilers, maybe. Um, no, this it's it's like a code that you guys have to crack. Ah, I see what you did there, sir. No, it's like a Da Vinci code. A Da Vinci code. Um, what? Yes. So what we are going to be talking about tonight are the Dan Brown series of movies that have been made by Ron Howard, The Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, and Inferno. I, I think they've actually been given the. It's called the Robert Langdon series. Is, well, is actually what I think it's called. Okay, and um, thank you for saying that because that kind of leads me to, and I, I know we will probably want to do them in order, but let's briefly start with Inferno, and then if we want, we can double back. But I watching Inferno today realized what they were trying to do, because like, and why, and why Inferno I think didn't do as well. As the first two. Now, there's a c- couple reasons I came up with, but there's one specific thing that I thought of that may have contributed to it, right? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do our usual spoilers if you haven't seen the first three movies or the only three movies. The only three movies, yeah. Well, they, I, personally, I'd like them to make more, but I also fear they're going to be making a TV series that's going to be sort of an origin series, basically. Interesting. Um yeah. All right. What? 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 So, what I think they're doing, or what they were attempting to do, is turn the first two movies, which I would call the Da Vinci movies, even though Angel and Demons isn't really a Da Vinci thing, but like that portion, right, and turn it into like a Jack Ryan kind of thing, where eventually someone other than Tom Hanks could play Robert Langdon, like they've done with Jack Ryan, because. You got Alec Baldwin in Hunt for Red October, and you've got two movies with Harrison Ford, which the name I think it's Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games, but I'm not sure about that. Correct. Um, and then you have another one with Affleck, and right. now you've got the series on Amazon with John Krasinski. But there was also one between oh, Affleck and Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yep, I, I. I do remember that. I forgot till you started to say it, but yeah, there's that one too. A lot of a lot of people forgot that movie. I didn't see it. Was it bad? I didn't see it either. That's my point. Okay. Well, no, I'm I'm only asking because, like, look, as great as Harrison Ford is, I was not a fan of those as much as I am Hunt for October. Yeah, you you love a big you love a big submarine. I know you. <laughs> you also love like. That you love Sean Connery's attempt at a Russian accent. You love. I, I there's just something the about that. that movie. I really do. I love the fuck out of that movie. Um, but I think I think that's what they were starting to try to set up for Langdon is that kind of series of movies. Whether Tom Hanks did the rest of them or they were able to break them into, um, other people. My point specifically is if that third one breaks away from religion. The first two are very highly centered in the Catholic religion. And Inferno, right. while there's um, implicate or not, it, it, it alludes to religion. It doesn't right. center around dogma and Catholicism and that kind of stuff. Well, except for the entire thing about hell and plague and Dante's Inferno, right, which but is incredibly Catholic. No, but Catholicism's not the only religion that believes in a hell. That's my but, point. But we're, but we're, to, but as, as 
Tom Hanks basically said it. He's like, what we perceive as hell is from Dante. Dante created, I mean, Dante gave us the best idea of what hell would have been like. Right, but the the first one centers around Jesus Christ himself. You know, and the second one, Catholic Church and and uh, order of succession. And the order of succession within the Catholic Church. Like, right. that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying there's no religion in Inferno, but it's not as deeply entrenched in a specific religion. I agree. It, it, and by that comparison, I would say that Inferno feels the least like a Robert Langdon movie than the other two. Right. But as we talked about briefly last episode, like, the lost symbol is not overly religious it's more masonic than catholic now there's religion in that as well meaning the book because there's no movie but you know that's not overly catholic in its you know base it's not catholic but it because you can argue like okay robert langdon is indiana jones in a tweed jacket like uh, sure. that's really kind of how Dan Brown describes him. Is he actually describes him as looking like there's Ford with like a turtleneck and like a tweed jacket and like okay. pants. He is. Let me put it this way: he is Sean Connery's character from Last Crusade, but younger. Yeah, I could agree with that. Sure, he's Henry Jones Senior. Um, right. Well, I I I would put him in like. I mean, if we're putting him into a family tree, I would say he's like the the third cousin or the first cousin of, you know, like he he'd be like he'd be like Indiana's mom's brother's kid. You know what I mean? Or the, or does, Harrison's does, brother's kid. You know? Where does where does Nicholas Cage's uh, role in National Treasure fall? He's back? a third cousin, twice removed, roommate, Dude, neighbor's friend. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> I'm your no, father's actually, brother's sister's. Second cousin roommates, right? No, no, I know. Look, we joke, but we both actually like National Treasure, if I recall. You know, I liked National Treasure one and two more than Inferno. I liked Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons more than National Treasure. So that's how little I liked Inferno. Okay, I Inferno just seemed so separate. I didn't like the. I'm torn because I'm. I do like a filmmaker that will explore new ways of filmmaking, you know, like not just be pigeonholed in the same way that they film shit. Like you could pick out a Spielberg film out of a whole bunch of other films. Right. But Ron Howard, if you were to say Ron Howard directed the first two Da Vinci Code movies, and then you said you put like Inferno with a whole bunch of other movies, including maybe National Treasure. I would say people would guess, oh, National Treasure. He, did, he must have done that because that looks similar to Da Vinci Code. Was Inferno is is just high paced and kinetic and almost edited with a frenzy. It, it does well, not look like the third movie of that trilogy. Well, there's a couple of things to say to that, right? So first, if anything, because you talk about the kinetic pace, it ramps up from one to Inferno. So in terms of pacing. The Da Vinci Code is probably the slowest. I'm not saying it's slow, but from a pacing and and keep in mind comparing to the other two movies. So Absolutely. Da Vinci's the slowest. Angels and Demons, as you actually mentioned last time when we brought it up, is definitely faster because it has to be because there's a clock, you know, right. in terms of counting down. Inferno 
ramped it up another notch. So like it it it, it is ramping up the pace of the same base story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um to your point about different editing, yes, I have to agree and then also disagree. And what I mean by that is like when Robert Langdon in the Da Vinci Code is telling stories to um and I don't remember her name, the the French Sophie. actress who's playing Sophie. Sophie, right. But I'm trying to think of the actress name and I I don't know because she hasn't really done anything in the States beyond the Da Vinci Code that I'm aware of. Is it, is it like Audrey Tartu or something like that? I think it's even more French than that, but yeah. Audrey um, Tartu! <laughs> not quite what I meant, but sure. Um, the, the point being, though, is when he's telling those stories to her about, you know, like the... The, the Crusades. Fr- and the shit. Crusades. And they, they actually have, like, I don't want to say flashbacks, but they show those sequences like they filmed sequences of yeah. castles being attacked, and most of it might be CGI for all I know, but that's not the point. Um, they did something very similar when Langdon was having these, you know, um, visions of mm-hmm. Dante's Inferno or the modern day version thereof. The I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama. His visions he was having, they shot all that. So that's very similar. There wasn't a lot of that in Angels and Demons, actually, if, if any. I don't really think there was any of that. Um, there was, but not as much because, but it was, it was mostly, sparse. it was sparse because it was mostly, um, a modern day I, story. Well, yeah, I think they were exploring, um, the Illuminati I mean, a little bit. But, well, yeah. I mean, like, what flashback was there that they, or vision that they really needed to show? I, I don't really well, recall. I, I saw, I, I, I know there's one, but I'm trying to remember. I think it was just, when they were, oh, it, it showed um, Hanks walking into a place, and then it showed like oh, as he okay, was yes, walking through the courtyard. Yes. When so they there go, was that right? Yeah, when they go he was, to like, walking um, through like the ghosts or the echoes of time of what it used to look like. When they went to Isaac Newton's um, tomb, or what they thought was his tomb. No, it was his tomb. When they go to Isaac Newton's tomb. That's when they do Isaac that. Newton, Isaac Newton was, was from the first one. No. Nope. You're getting your movies wrong. No. Isaac Newton was from Angel, was from the Da Vinci Code. No, he's not. I will bet you $100 that I will actually okay. pay you. Okay. Why did they drop... What was the, what was the password for the Cryptex? I owe you $100. Um, Boom! Yeah. 
No, the, you the, can't. the, the you, sequence. You don't have to pay me. You good, because I really wasn't going to. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's you're gonna edit this shit out. No, no, I'll I'll take my lumps. No, the the scene I'm thinking of is when they go to see um a Pope and Knight interned. The, I that's think that's one, no, so. that's the first one too. Yeah, what am I thinking of then? I know you're what you're. When, you're thinking of when they go I in think, Italy. And they're trying to find, uh, not, uh, it's, um, Raphael. They're trying to find Raphael's tomb, and he wasn't buried in Raphael. He was, uh, he wasn't buried in Italy. He was buried in, it's, no, not, it's, uh, Spain or something. He's buried somewhere else, and they go there. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I remember that sequence. Like, I, I, I don't remember there being, no, the more I'm thinking about it, like, I don't remember there being, like, that flashback sequence in Angel and Demons. You're right, it, the, the uh, one I was saying is from the Da Vinci Code, but yeah. Let me, let me, look, I have nothing, I'm not saying your memory is not correct, but I did just see all three within about like, right. two days. Right, I get you. Anyway, the, so. the point being, though, is regardless, it's done more in the Da Vinci Code and Inferno than it is in Angels and Demons. Of actually, like, Doing shit or like yeah. like f- finding clues? No, like like having sequences where it oh, shows oh, like oh, a flashback oh. or or like these visions that he was having. And that and that's my point. For me, the Robert Langdon movies are comparable to like say Indiana Jones, where if it was like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, and then like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I know you like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I'm saying that as as an example, it feels and looks differently enough where it sort of takes you out of the film where you're like, hmm, this doesn't seem as close to indie as, as, as the other two were. It has the character and it has a semblance and a resemblance of of this franchise. But or, or another example would be like, okay. Star Wars 4, 5, and then jump to, like, Last Jedi. You know what I'm saying? They're all still in the series, but, you know, it's, it's, they're, it's, it's dramatically different. It's, it's, it, for me, personally, I looked at it, I'm like, Inferno just is the, it, it, it's, for me, the weakest one. It's a highly predictable plot. You, you kind of, I mean, it's still, it's still acted well. I think Tom Hanks does a great job looking, well, that's what I was kind of trying to say. Is like I feel like they're trying to turn this into a more of a, a, a series, something they can turn do multiple movies, whether it involves you know Tom Hanks or not, or even Ron Howard for that matter. You know, they could just pick it up and like that. This feels like something the the studio wanted, not. Ron or Tom, not that they didn't want to be in the movie, but like the, the direction that it went. Right. Do you know? Well, if, if we're following the direction, it really, they're, they've already mixed it all up because they released Da Vinci Code first, then Angels well, of sure. that, you know, when chronologically by publication, it's Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, Lost Symbol, Inferno, and then this new one, Origins. It is likely that they are not going to be making any more Tom Hanks, Ron Howard well, movies. Well, because Inferno did so terribly at the box office. Well, to be fair, all three films have been have like negative reviews. All three films, really, including Da Vinci Code. Yeah, everyone. It, well, 
we knew that the first two are going to have a lot of controversy because of the right, Catholic that's, Church. Right. But like a lot of people are just like, this is just low rent Indiana Jones. This is like, just not good. Like I, I personally loved the first two and I saw them, I think in theaters. I, would, I saw the first one in theaters for sure. I, I would even argue that, and while I love this movie as well, that National Treasure is more of a low rent Indiana Jones than the Da Vinci Code or Angels and Demons is. Well, they're they're all pale. Look, nothing's going to touch Indiana Jones. But there's more. Of course not. But there's more action type Indiana Jones style action. We'll put it that way in National Treasure than there is in uh, the Da Vinci Code. Or, I would argue, I would say differently, because at least, I think in like the Da Vinci Code movies, e- even though, uh, Tom Hanks is not like a fighter, he's still kind of like. Well, yeah. What you get uh, here, here's, here, maybe this is a better way. If we're using, uh, Indy as the barometer, as we should, mm-hmm. then the Da Vinci Code series, not that particular movie, but that, that, the Robert Langdon series, Right. To put it better, is Indy when he's at the university and sorting the shit out that way, and National Treasure is when he's out in the field in the temples or the the wherever finding crap. Okay, I'll, I'll even go one further. So Robert Langdon is Indy the scholar. Uh, Nick Cage is Indy the runner. The, uh, the- Nicholas Cage is running throughout that whole fucking movie. Sure. Uh, he's more, he's more fast paced, like, oh yeah, it's, 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 uh, Benjamin Franklin's classes. Let's go. We got to go. And then, um, to even further it, Brennan Frazier from the mummy movies is Indy the brawler. Having not seen any of those, I'll trust you on that. But oh, really? You've never seen the, at least the first two mummy movies? No, none of them ever interested me. So I, I I gotta, I would, because I know your taste and like you love treasure hunt type shit, like like we're doing, right? Um, you should check out the Mummy, at least the first one. Yeah, but they seem right? more like horror flicks, not horror, is- not in a Freddy or Jason or Saw kind of horror, but still a more of a horror flick than I would be interested in. It is. It's uh, it's like. It's like it's sort of a whole trilogy expanded from the tone of Temple of Doom. It's that type of like, which is my least favorite indie movie, if you recall. So, right, but I would say that it, it's it, it's there. Uh, it delves deep into Egyptian mythology. history and mythology and yeah. treasure. It just happens to have an antagonist who is superhuman and literally sucking. Like the life force out of people, which to make not drunk. which not to get way off topic is one of the things that actually why I like Apocalypse, the X Men movie, because of okay. the the mythology and because it starts off in Egypt and that whole thing, you know. Yeah, um, there was a big rise in in interest in Egyptian shit, and it stemmed from the Mummy. In the Mummy, pe- fucking people love like our well. Maybe my generation. My generation fucking loves the mummy. Yeah, I would even go as far as to say, like, the mummy 
is up there with like Jurassic Park and like Independence Day of like the nineties sure. game. No, I, I I understand where it where it's places in in history, so I get that. I mean, in hell, you don't get the Rock as the movie star without the Scorpion King. You know, or not the movie, but when he makes the appearance in is it the third one or the second one? Second. It's second, the second one. one. Okay. But I mean, everyone unanimously agrees that The Rock as the Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns, because at one point he actually is a scorpion monster thing. Yeah. Is some of the worst CGI. Oh, I've, I've seen like that clip or sequence. Not the whole yeah. thing, but I've seen, I've seen it. So I know what you're talking about. Yes. I'm not defending. And it's also The Rock's, like, first movie. So, like, I'm sure his yeah. acting skills compared to where they are now are not anywhere as good. And I'm not well, saying he's some great thespian. I'm just saying, like, he's gotten better. <laughs> he's evolved, yeah. Yeah. But I actually, side note, I think that was the highest paycheck for a debut. I think he got a million dollars well, for his yeah. debut. But uh, that's also because I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon negotiated that contract for him, so or at least helped. So, yeah. Anyway, anyways, getting back to Tom Hanks, or not Hanks, but to the Robert Langdon. Oh. Yeah. Um, I I think that's where they were going with Inferno. I think that's why Inferno has the the vibe that it has, the the pace that it has, the the way that it is. I. I agree with you on some things, though, for what it's worth, like that I'm not sitting here and just completely defending it. I just don't think it's as terrible as you do. But I, I do agree with the pacing, especially in the beginning, like the what what both the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons did well was set the story, set the groundwork for what you were going to see for the rest of the movie very well in the beginning. Do you know what I mean? Like, in in the, the Da Vinci Code, where you... It, it's not even setting groundwork for the rest of the story, but you get that sequence where he's lecturing in Paris, and mm-hmm. you kind of get a feel for, okay, this guy's an expert. And it's not just because, oh, someone said he's an expert. Like, they show why he's an expert. Which, you know? I've got to say, is one of my favorite scenes in the whole trilogy. I agree. It's a fantastic sequence. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck is the rest of his lecture? Because that was like that whole yeah. thing of like, let me show you this symbol and then show you how you think it's one thing and then show you it's really something else is the most interesting part. I would imagine the lecture being. I wonder because I've never taken the time to deep dive it. I wonder if one of the extra sequences or deleted scenes on my copy is. The light, or did they even film it? I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they I, would have I, shot a whole three-hour lecture, but maybe they they expanded on it. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Um, show more examples, right? Kind of or or just him saying more things. Um, but I even to 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 piggyback off that, I even like the sequence at the beginning in the Louvre where yeah. you know. But what I. And, and I forget the actor's name, but he plays a great fucking villain. And I'm not even sure that oh. he, he's not even the villain, but he, he really is an, an, an antagonist in the movie, but he's not the antagonist. Um, Paul Bettany. No, 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 no. But he does a great job, too, because I think he he got nominated for that movie, I believe, as a 
supporting actor, I think. I have to look that up. But are, I, are you talking about Alfred Molina? No, I'm talking about um the guy from not true is it true romance? Maybe true no, not true romance. Um Oh, Jean Renault. Yes, that guy. He Leon. I, Everywhere I see him, he is just a despicable fuck. And but he's so good at it. Like I'm not <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Not even saying that as a bad thing on him because he's so but good he's at it. But he kind of is because he's the guy chasing Langdon through the whole thing and he kicks the crap out of the guy in the in the tower at the airport later in the movie. Like, until he's he... Not- yeah, until he realizes he's, he's a... the, but until he realizes again, spoilers, people. Until he realizes he was the pawn of Alfred Molina's character, then then you look at him differently. But up to that point, he kind of is a villain. I mean, I I know he, what you're saying that ultimately he's not, but the way you feel about him as the viewer, you know what I mean? I, I have a couple points. I would, I would, I agree, but I wouldn't call him, I would call him maybe like, instead of a secondary antagonist, I'd call him like the third, whatever. Oh, yeah, he's low. uh, Yeah, because first off, it's, I mean, again, spoilers, it's Ian McKellen, and then it gets into Melina's character, then probably Paul, if you're ranking them out, then it's, then it's probably Paul Bettany, and even then, I might flip-flop Melina and Paul Bettany only because of, I would too, only because of the actions. But then you get into the butler and then Renault. Like, I mean, if we're ranking it out, that's where it falls. Like, I'm not saying he's some, you know. So a couple things. One, Dan Brown had a feeling that when he wrote Da Vinci Code, he's like, there's no way they're not going to make a fucking movie of this. So he wrote certain characters with actors, actors in, mind. in mind. Yeah. And he wrote Bezu Fash as Jean Renault. And Jean Renault. Uh, when he read the script, when he read the book, he's like, this is for me. I know <laughs> this is me. Right. Right. He's like, and he like told everybody, he's like, there's a fucking character that's based on me. You watch. I'm going to get this fucking role. The other thing, Bezu Fash in yeah. French roughly translates to angry fucker. <laughs> that's awesome. But if we're going even more interesting translations, do you remember what, uh, uh, Alfred Molina's character's name? Um, hold on. Let me think. Well, I'm actually, ironically, I'm pulling up the IMDb for a different reason, but, but I don't have it up yet. So let me think. Um, um, it's super Spanish slash yeah, Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of what it was. Um, you're going to have to say, I know, I know it, but I can't get it to come out. Go ahead. So it's Arenga Rosa. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. I did know that. I, I really did. Which translates in Spanish, but most in prominently Italian, to red herring. Well, and that's really what he was. The character was. That's, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. It's funny how, like, they do. Dan Brown, as an author, like, I was sucked into Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code as the books. I was really into them, but not to the point where I was taking it as face value or as truth value. I wasn't taking it as fact. Sure. Sure. 
But I do agree with the guy can write a compelling mystery as well as he does his research. Well, and I, if- I, I, I think he, he did just as much. Re- I mean, I was, res- some of his dialogue is a little meh. Some of his plot points are a bit predictable, but I'd still enjoy the ride. Um, what else? Uh, uh, well, I mean, and to the point, if you again recall last week when we did briefly talk about him, I told you about that book, Digital Fortress, that he wrote that had nothing to do with Robert Langdon that was really good. You know what I mean? And and again, very, I would imagine, factual, well, based in a fact world where, you know, fiction happened. Because, you know, it was all NSA and, you know, it was um, money counterfeiting and things like that and computer hacking so to back up very quick though um yes jean renault for bazoo fash and then audrey i'm gonna call her tato is sophie Navu. i i don't know uh-huh. how you would pronounce the last name so it's not meant to be a sh- I, think, I think it's never no she says in in the movie i remember her saying Navu or nouveau nouveau that's how you say it i'm sorry yeah, I, I could have heard. I, I mean, maybe it's Tom Hanks is, is trying to do French, but like, bear in mind, I don't speak a lick of French, and I, I was I'm, pronunciation. When I think about it, I think about it when she says it and when um, Fash says it because they both say her name at one point. Well, well then, but he says her name when like she gives him the phone, and he's yes. like, m- m- it sounds like he said he kind of mumbles like Miss Nava, right? Uh, this, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, her fucking, she's you know. Jesus' granddaughter. And, you well, or, or something like that. Yeah, like great, great, great granddaughter. Something like there's several greats in there, I'm sure. Um, she is the last scion. It's the last scion, yeah. Um, I want to step back to Paul Bettany for a minute as Silas. Sure. Because the only time, uh, at that point when I saw The Da Vinci Code and I saw it in theaters, that's one I did see in theaters. My My mom wanted to see that. What? 2006. Yeah, my mom wanted to see that movie, and most of her family wouldn't go because they saw it as um, a sacrilege. Anti-Catholic. Yeah, and my mom was a little more open to seeing what it was all about, so we went together and watched it. And How was her reaction? She, from a religious perspective, she wasn't upset with it at all. She, okay. you know, um, or if she was, she never really expressed that to me. Um my mom is not a big movie person, so in general, was, she was like, eh, it, was a, it was okay. It was, you know. it was a big treat to get her to go see a movie anyways. Especially when she called me and said, hey, I want to go see this movie. Will you go with me? And it was like, oh, sure. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's not like her to want to go to the, She does not like going to the, the theater. Now, more recently, without getting into a whole bunch of details, because it just would take too long and there's no point, she basically has a grandson. It's not mine. But it's more complicated than that. So I, I hear you. And he is autistic. And so he, while he's 12, he likes younger type movies because of, sure. of where he's at. And so she enjoys taking him to see stuff like Toy Story and Paddington and goes. So she'll go to those movies and doesn't mind the experience but when it's stuff like she would have never in a million years gone and seen something like infinity war even if she loved comic books she just wouldn't have wanted to go to the theater she would have waited yeah that kind of thing um but backing up to my point (laughs) paul bettany 
up to that point, the only thing I was familiar with him in was A Knight's Tale. Yeah. And actually, I had seen Wimbledon prior to seeing... Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Wimbledon one. came I've never, out. I've never seen Wimbledon. It's okay. And I primarily... Isn't that directed by John Farrow? Uh, I can check. But I... I, um, I maybe I, I honestly saw it for two... Re- I only saw that movie for two reasons that are kind of tied together. One, I liked Paul Bettany from A Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of had a crush on Kirsten Dunst. So it was like, shit. You know, why yeah. not watch that movie? Um... But up to well, that I, point, those are the only two things I was familiar with him. And now I'm checking his IMDb because I'm curious what order he did some of this stuff in. So, a Knight's Tale. Wimbledon probably like 2004. What's Knight's that? Tales, I want to say Wimbledon I, at the top of my head is like 2004, 2005. Uh, da Vinci goes 2006. Uh, yeah. I would say a Knight's Tale is 2001. You're actually dead on on all three of those. Yeah. Now, um, and then, he, and then he had a massive career like upswing. But he had two big movies in between, honestly, that I had not realized till just now. Like the, the order I saw them in, not not necessarily what in, they came in, out in. In between what and what? Wimbledon and and a um, a Night's Tale. Okay. Um, he was in Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. Okay, I never saw it. It's a good movie if you like like old school like ship movies. It's it's a it's a pretty good movie. Okay, it's long but it's good. Uh, Russell Crowe's the lead in that. Yeah. Um, and then also a Beautiful Mind. You're right. I forgot he was in. A, yeah, he's one of the best parts of a Beautiful Mind. Yeah, he really is. He's really good in that movie. The other thing he's in that I know you're a fan of. Real quick before you make your point, and I'll shut up. Is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is during that window. I thought you liked he's, that movie. Maybe I got my. He's he's not in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's Jimmy, according to this. Is that the? There may have been another movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is that the one with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and Dr. I'm checking right now. I'm checking right now. I don't think. Uh, let's see. No, I don't see RDJ, but it's Stellan Skarsgård, Chris Penn. Uh, so that's a that's a whole other movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Hitman um, Felix has quit the criminal activities and found employment minding a rich adult son. Yep. Not all what Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is. All right. Well, this is called Kiss Kiss. Now, the Bang Bang's in parentheses. So maybe that's the difference. I don't know. That is, that is the difference. Um, but, wow. Paul Bettany works with Ron Howard a lot. Uh, because... Yeah. He did this. He did A Beautiful Mind. He was also in uh, Solo. Yes. Yep. And for those who don't know who the fuck we're talking about, this is like Vision. This is like Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. And then to tie it to Star Wars for another minute, Felicity Jones from Rogue One, who's in Inferno. Try to think if there's any other Star Wars actors in the Da Vinci Code apart from those two. There's some X-Men ones. Like yeah. Ben Foster is Angel in The Last Stand. And he's the right. guy from, he's the billionaire from Inferno. Um, oh, wow. Ian McKellen, I, I, what, as, as Magneto. What, oh, yeah, Ian McKellen, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which, by the way, if we want to talk about it later, there's talk of them 
um, race bending both Magneto and Professor X. I'm actually kind of okay with it, if I'm being honest. I'm not. I haven't put much thought into it, but I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it. But anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, getting back to the Da Vinci Code, I you know I feel like we're not doing this series justice because like I'm actually a huge fan of the Da Vinci Code, and I know you said previously that you're a bigger fan of Angels and Demons than you are the Da Vinci Code. But I still really enjoy. I, I love right. both films equally. I just like Angels and Demons just a slight bit more. And and it. As I said when we brought it up before, and I'll bring it up again because I think it might be worth deep diving, is it falls into the Batman Begins Dark Knight conundrum in that I actually recognize how great the Dark Knight is, of course, but I prefer just ever so slightly Batman Begins. I'm not going to. I'm not going to like argue with you about which is the better of the films. I I still think they're. It's one one A, right? What? It's like one one A. Like we're not yeah, talking. Yeah. Yeah. They seem more like actual sequels to a film that are. I mean, look, regardless of what people say about like, oh, they're critically fucking critical failures. They made a bunch of money, but we didn't like them. I actually, I I was deep engrossed with like Tom Hanks like running around with like in the Louvre or in the Vatican. Like I was really into it. And, I agree. The and you for our listeners and you obviously know this. I am a devout militant atheist. Like I and I'm no fan of the Catholic Church. I'm glad you brought that up because I was curious. I was curious. I wanted to approach that a little bit. So keep going with your point. Well, I'm going to say something that's slightly controversial. Oh no! But I, <laughs> I agree with Ian McKellen's character in the Da Vinci Code. Okay. Well, I in, I in you want to give them a reminder what the fuck it is. Well, in what way do you, re- do you agree with him? Because I'm not sure what part you're talking about. Because he says, because he says several things, and I'm not saying that one's different. I mean, but they're they're all interlinked. But he still has a couple different. He is a believer that Jesus was a man and not a god or the son of God. He was a man, and he died a man. And that's the whole point. He had right. a bunch of he had, he just had some great followers. That changed it. That made him a deity. And and we can argue the religious aspects of it later if you want, but with some great messages, which was basically be nice to everybody, don't harm people. Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. You know, like those, right? Basically, I mean, because that's if you boil down the teachings, uh, you know, right. as someone who was raised Catholic, you know, right. if you boil down the teachings of Jesus Christ, it's basically be kind to everybody, don't, yeah. and like you said, don't be a prick. You know, yeah. That that is my like 
re, like my uh, translation of what the Christian, what what real Christianity really should be, what, or at least what Jesus's teachings were, which is don't be a fucking asshole. What's right. With you? I I agree. You know, like I mean, I, are... I wish people could follow fucking like just Jesus and not so much as the Bible. That's really what I'm saying. Sure, I hear that, and and, and to a point that we talked about when we had Eddie Pence on. Is we talk we we and it was more of a humorous joking way, but we referenced the special where um, George Carlin takes the Ten Commandments and knocks it down to two or three or whatever. And the number's not important right now, but he takes oh, the ten. Put in his fucking pocket, <laughs> right? The ten, you know, he knocks it down to like two. And I'm gonna get a little biblical for just a second, but like there's a sequence towards the end of Jesus' life where he basically says the only commandment you need to follow is just be kind to everybody. Love thy neighbor is the actual commandment that he says. And basically says, and he would never put it this way, but fuck the other ten. Like, that's the one you need to focus on. And that's not what religion does. And which is why I have an issue with religion. But, you know, and I, I... I'm really kind of glad we're talking about this because I was really kind of curious me being raised Catholic and you basically being raised atheist, you know. What, but with an understanding of Catholicism and Christianity. I, 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 I know I'm not – you were raised with this shit. I had to explore it and like learn myself. Right, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking away from your knowledge base, but having – you know, me being, you know, basically yeah. born into it, you know, and you, you know – not being in it and and being in the position that you believe cuz I'll say the same thing I agree with you I I I believe closer to Ian McKellen's you know perspective than what I was raised on well what I what I was alluding to was that if if I found like the proof that Jesus was a man had sex has a lineage and actually had intended for his church to be run by a woman specifically mary magdalene who was uh like her her uh profile was smeared by the catholic church sure they called her a prostitute yada 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 yeah yeah yeah. if i had that proof i would have released it i would have said i think does the catholic church feed the the hungry and and help the poor yes do they all have they also killed millions just to Proof stay point. in power? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Both I, things, yeah, both things are true. But one does not make the other one okay, as far no. as I'm concerned. No, it does not. I, it, it's it's like honestly, it's like the mafia. The mafia <laughs> will will protect their neighborhood and they'll protect like someone's shop, but. They will also go to someone else's flower shop and say, we're going to offer you protection and they're going to smash up the windows and, and destroy the merchandise. Say, see, clearly you need protection. Right. You need to pay us to protect you. Yeah. I mean, well, I also I have a big problem with the fact that like all churches, but especially the Catholic Church doesn't pay taxes and they receive billions of dollars. Well, I mean, yes. Do I have a problem with that? Yes. My bigger problem in that particular point you just made is Scientology hands True. down but that's but my, but my whole thing is any re- why why is a religion not 
Why, why does that excuse them from paying taxes? Well, and the other thing you have to keep in mind, and, and we're getting into a, a way off topic, but one thing you keep in mind is that I think that's, I think that's a uniquely an American thing. Like, I don't think that's worldwide. But that's... True, but... They still have billions, are, you're right. Like, yeah. There are lots of Catholic churches in America that I'm sure eventually go back up to the Vatican. Oh, no, without question. Um, right. My, my bigger issue, if we're going to get into that real quick, is simply... Asking for money every week, the you're required to give ten percent of your your earnings to the church every week. Like no, in which you always have to. We people already have to fucking do anyways with their own taxes. Right. So it's that's, right. That's a whole. Other thing. That's all another thing. But anyway, getting back to the the story in the movie, I I don't mm-hmm. disagree with you though. Like I, I, you talked earlier about the the lecture with Langdon being. One of, if not your favorite scene in the movie. A favorite scene. A favorite scene. My hands down favorite scene is from the minute they start talking to Lee Taving until Silas attacks them. Like that whole sequence. And and I agree. That's my favorite scene too. Um, In the whole whole trilogy, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I, I think I have to agree with you. Like hands down, that's the best part of the entire sequence. The all of them. and the irony is that it kind of goes on, it's longer than you think it is. It's it's them really... Deep diving. It's, it's, a, it's deep diving, it's a history lecture, and it's fascinating. It's like, I also would argue that he had that shit always prepped up just on the off chance someone wants to come in and talk about Mary Magdalene. Well, like, he had that shit set up, ready. He was like, where is, I, I don't where? think it's even that. I think he's that... He's that immersed in what he believes. See, that's that's the and that's what makes teaming such a great foil to the movie is, or such a great antagonist to the movie is because he believes what he believes as deeply as the Catholic Church believes what they believe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I would also argue that he also believes that what he believes needs to be out in the open. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. Church, yeah. I would also say the Catholic church in, in the, in the world of the Da Vinci code is fully aware of Mary Magdalene's actual status because they're trying to, to stop hide it. Yeah. No, I, I, well, that's the thing that's curious to me about it. It is because it seemed like it was that council only that was really involved with that. Right. Not no, because they weren't all Opus Day, if I recall. I I know Arangosa is, but I don't know that all. Like it was a little unclear to me if that entire council was Opus Day. It's not that entire council, but it is Arangosa and and Silas. Sure. But if you remember, it's because Ian McKellen is playing both sides. He's yeah. he is palpitating this shit. Oh, he is playing both sides totally. Just. Just to fucking get the knowledge out there. Yeah. But like, and that's what I'm saying is like, I would never want to, again, I may come off like the militant anti Catholic guy here, (laughs) but that's okay because I am. I am anti, I'm not so much anti Catholic people, but I am anti Catholic church. Religion. 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 I'm also, I'm anti bully. By any stretch. Well, sure. I don't care. I, I mean... As much as you bully me on a regular basis, I'm a little surprised by that. I, I don't bully you. I give you shit. I'm and fucking with, love. with you, dude. It's not the yeah. same thing. 
If I was bullying you, I wouldn't be on the fucking show. Well, no shit. Right. Just for the record, everybody, every time I bully CJ, he just edits it out. So there's Basically. no proof. He tries to make me sound really good. Um, uh, so I... But yeah, it, you're right though. Like it, it, it's 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 him playing both sides of the coin and whatever, and you know, and playing to both sides' fears and desires. I liked a lot of um, like part, that whole sequence. Like I said, is one is my favorite of the whole series. But my specific favorite part, I think, within that itself, is when he starts reading from the books of the Bible that didn't make the cut. So he's like. When he reads in the book of Mary Magdalene and the, the the book of Philip, I think it was, was the other one, and mm-hmm. and when he specifically reads the Mary Magdalene one, and she's and and Sophie says to him, she wrote a book for the or wrote a book of the Bible, and yeah. Lightning goes, she may have. And like it's that interaction between Teabing and Langdon, where Langdon's still kind of leaning towards his belief, you know. And Teabing says, "Robert, will you play fair?" Right, like, like she may have. Right, like, like I agree. They they are like are they like a weird old married couple. That or are like, or like an uncle, or like an uncle and a nephew arguing over something, yeah. you know? Like it's yeah. I I love how it just sets the tone. Where like. When they pull up to his driveway, the yeah. intercom is on the right side because he's English. He's like, fuck the French. I'm right. in my side. And they ha- he has to do this little, like, Quiz. you know, you know, yeah, little, little, uh, a little test of knowledge. Be like, well, shall I serve you coffee or tea? It's like, tea, tea. of course. Yeah. It, it's such a great. The best one, though, to our point. I'm, I'm sorry. Did I take your. your no, 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 no. You're fine. Is. Is the third question when he says, "In what year did a a um I think it's a a Yale right? It's 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 Harvard where Langdon teaches against. I'm guessing where Teabing either taught or graduated from because it's never really clear. And and it's that particular one." That, to your point, sets the tone for them arguing through the rest of the sequence. Well, because it goes, do you want tea or coffee? Tea, okay. Is it milk or lemon? That would depend on the tea. And right. then it'd be, <laughs> and it's like, okay, what is the square root of 137? Right. Like, <laughs> but the then, fuck? but then the other thing is, do you remember the answer to the rowing question, though? Do you remember the answer yeah, to that? Such a travesty. Never it never have occurred. He's like, yeah. your heart is true. You may By the way, he says, you may pass. Instead of, you shall not pass. Right. He says, yeah, you yeah. may pass. <laughs> now, there's also a throwback to that, though. Later, when he's serving the tea, and he says what type of tea he's serving, and he okay. goes, lemon. Because it's the right, it's whatever tea. Um, Which, by the way, I had no fucking clue nope. lemon actually like goes in tea. Oh uh, yeah, I did, I did iced tea, but I didn't know hot tea. I guess yeah, it I mean, can. I, goes, it goes for your cold, but I'm like, I didn't know that that was a standard in like English tea. Like you have Earl Grey, you have to have lemon. Well, I don't know if it's a standard, but it is in Tea Wing's world. The, he's his name has tea in it. I think the motherfucker knows what he's talking about. Yes, but he's also a bit of a, a, a um, 
I was going to say bigot, but that's not the right word. Um, cause he's not a bigot. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 um, there's a, it's, it, there's a word for an extremist, but it's not, extremist isn't the word. I'm just can't think of what it is. Anyway. Orthodox? No, no, no. Orthodox is different. No, I'll, I'll try if I can look it up. But anyway, the, the point is, is he's very extreme in his, especially in his, I, I think not just in his, beliefs with in regards to the holy grail and that whole story but the whole just it's just his life you know well that, that's my argument is that faith is really fucking dangerous oh totally but i, 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 I to go with it how risky was it that teabing is playing both sides silas could have shot him at any second when he broke in he's like fuck this old cripple boom and then like, yeah. TV would be like, fuck! Yeah, I, I hired, motherfucker, I hired you, but I have to go through, like, deception. By the way, there's a statue, there's, there's um, a, ma- a statue of Yanis, who is the dual-sided, uh, Roman figure. He represents duplicity, and, and that, and he has a statue of Yanis in, in his, uh, study. This is the kind of stuff that Henry talks about when he talks about how well we deep dive shit. Like, of, we, of- we, we get love from Jay and Henry more than anybody else, and we get a lot of love, and I appreciate everybody. But those two specifically point out the weird shit that you happen to know for the different yeah. movies. Um, I, I think the word I was probably searching for is zealot. I think that's probably the word I was searching for. Just um, yeah, I, I I would agree with that with that usage. Yeah, it sounds um, like big. I can understand the the confusion. Yeah, so he. He being teabing, you know, and then they have the whole thing. I, I want to jump forward. Well, first off, I want to kind of point out something you said about faith. You talked about how faith can be dangerous. And it immediately takes me to Dogma, right. where there's a sequence where uh, Chris Rock's character, Rufus, is talking, and he's like, it's, there's, it's better to have a good idea than faith. And I think that's really kind of... I think what he, he says, says I think what he says is that it's e- it's easier to change an idea than it is faith. Faith people have killed for it, people have died for faith. Right. It's it, an idea you can explore and 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 move on and and adapt. Right, Whereas but if you faith, recall faith is, no. Jesus is this. He didn't have he never had a penis. And he never <laughs> stuck it in Mary Magdalene. It's never never happened. But if you recall, there's a sequence towards the end where he's talking to um, the last Zion of that movie, of all things. Which, by the way, thank you to Kevin Smith, because when they made that phrase, when they said that phrase in the Da Vinci Code, I knew what it was, because having seen Dogma. Um, but Agreed. when he's saying goodbye to her, he goes, Christ is a faith averted. And she go- he goes, let's just say I have a really good idea. And right. he hugs her and says something like good answer or something to that effect, you know, he says, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to the Da Vinci code and start wrapping that up and jump into angels and demons. Cause we've been at this for a little while already, but I do want to ask you about something I think about a lot when I watch the movie, like it doesn't like plague me when I'm not watching it, but every time I see it, I think about it and it's to see the very end sequence after he's parted from Sophie and she's gone off with her family, for lack of a better word. Um, the, kneel- the what? The kneeling? Well, the whole sequence, but yes, specifically kneeling. Do you think he knows 
that it's there? Yeah. Or is he just guessing? Or not guessing, but just having faith, for lack of a better word. I I think he has a good idea. <laughs> nicely nicely played. Um uh, that worked out so well. It uh, did. Yes, it actually <laughs> because otherwise he he wouldn't have kneeled. I I agree. But I was my thing that I've always wondered is kind of what I just asked you. Did he kneel because he was positive it was there or out of reverence to the fact that it could be? Let me put it this way. Throughout the film series, Robert Langdon doesn't doesn't scream atheist, but he doesn't scream religious either. He's no. a scientist. He's a pragmatist and he 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 knows the history. That's why he's also less religious than the average person, despite he, being raised Catholic. Just quickly, he references that in Angels and Demons, if you recall. Right. He so. says, "My head, my brain tells me as there a, is no." I, as a man I, of science, I, man of, I don't think he says science. I think he uses another word, but yeah, for lack of a better phrase, man of science, I know. That God could exist, but faith is not a gift that's been given to me, or something no, to that effect. He, he says, uh, "I mean, we're 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 nitpicking, but he says, uh, my my head, my brain tells me uh, that they're fuck." Now I know the, the next line the, because uh, you Obi Wan. That was the other Star Wars character. Yeah, you know, Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Obi Wan uh, um, uh, tells him. He's like, and your heart, you know, what does your heart tell you? He's like, my heart tells me that I, I, um, I'm not supposed to question God. Right. Like his heart tells, I think he, he's at a conflict, but that's my point is when he kneels for Mary Magdalene at the end of the film, I don't think he's kneeling in a religious subtext. I don't think he's kneeling for God or for Jesus. He's kneeling for Mary Magdalene because she, and I think. You, you have to remember, every one of Tom Hanks's co-stars is a woman. The trilogy is, despite the fact, and spoiler, in Inferno, she is really the main antagonist. She, she, they do the flip side where right. the lead heroine is also the villainous in a, in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, the movies are actually very pro-woman. Oh, sure. Which is rare because, especially in the first two movies, the Catholic Church is very anti-woman, right? So I think it was him being f- feminist en- uh, enough to show his gr- his appreciation for Mary Magdalene, which I would also throw out is that that is what Lee Teabing's character is so interesting is that yes, he does believe in this and he is willing to kill for it and he's willing to you know uh, he hates the Catholic Church and he really wants to overthrow the Catholic Church because they cover this up for you know, 2000 years. But when you break it down, it's because he is very much a feminist. He is the original feminist because he's worshiping more or less the first, uh, woman who was, uh, um, yeah. who was cast aside uh, apart from quote unquote Eve. Not to get way off topic, but to go back to our Marvel and star Wars people that are in the movie, uh, or in the series, I should say, Stellan Skarsgård as well. Oh, good pull. Yeah. Um, um, Stella uh, gave me the quote, by the way. She looked it up, what, the quote we were trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, my mind tells me I don't understand God. 
I will never understand God. That's what it is. Yeah. And then my heart tells me I'm not supposed to understand. That's it. You're right. Thank you, Steph. Um, Steph. And, uh, oh, he also says faith is a gift I have yet to receive, which basically means he's a, he is an agnostic. Right. Which is more where I hover compared to you. You know what I mean? So I would all, I would call myself an absurdist. I don't know the definition is, of that one. So, which is basically the concept of God is absurd. I understand oh. why people believe in God, and I understand why some people just go to church just for the foundation and to be with friends and shit like that. But for me, I I think we question more about why we're here. Is there a God than actually living our fucking lives? That's that's really my whole thing. That and that certainly. There's certainly truth in that sentence. I want to, it's been pretty heavy for a little bit, so I want to get a little bit lighter for a minute and, and reference a couple things. One, from Angels and Demons specifically, where one, that was the first time I'd ever heard Ewan McGregor talk without an American accent, so I had or, no... Or a Scottish accent. Or, right. Well, because he's, he's like Irish Scottish, right? Like, he's he's not... He he's born in Scotland, but I think he, like his mother was from Ireland or something like but, that. Yeah, but he is a Scottish. I mean, he has a very thick Scottish accent, um, which he he kind of lets fly as he should in that movie because that's where the characters. I think the character is based out of Northern Ireland, which is still, which is. But it, the funny thing is that his character in the book is Italian, and obviously Ewan McGregor is not Italian, so they sure. changed it to an Irishman named Patrick McKenna when really he's like. Da baba da boopy, fucking you know from, from <laughs> well, they, Italy. They changed a few things in that because again, to your point from earlier about the sequence in which the movies were released compared to the books. But that's something else to talk about. The other thing I want to point out real quick is um, going back to our our discussion with Kyle Hester from several episodes back. Is uh-huh. Carmen Ar? I'm going to say this now wrong. I'm sure, but Argenziano. The priest in Preacher 6, who it was his last role, if you recall. We haven't seen the movie yet, but we saw the, the trailer. Right. He plays a priest in this movie who also dies, if you recall. Um, oh! He's the one that gets his eye taken out. He's the priest at the certain... Oh, the guy in the very colliding. beginning. Yeah. So, I Can wanted to... So- I thought you said you want to lighten it up. You're talking about a fucking priest getting his eye gouged out. No, but, well, uh, the lightening up was more about Ewan McGregor. Um, and just the fact that Carmen's in both of these movies, you know, but. Well, if I, I'll like, I'll lighten up one last thing about the Da Vinci Code, unless I remember some random bit of trivia for Henry and fucking sure. Jay, but. Yeah. I, so you saw the Da Vinci Code in theaters with your mom. Right. I saw it with my dad. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, that, that should surprise everybody. One, dad fucking hates going to the movies. Okay, well, that I didn't know, but so does my mom, so that's kind of ironic. But, Dad, if you think, if, if the audience thinks that I am like, oh, fuck religion, where do you think I fucking got that? No, I, I, I know your dad that way, and my guess, can I guess why he wanted to see this movie, or? Go ahead. My guess was to go in to prove that he was right. Like, he wanted to go, he went into it with that. Because a lot, a lot of the talk around the movie prior to it coming out and, and shortly after its release even was that it was very anti-religion. So I could see... Anti-Catholic, yeah. Anti-Catholic, right. So I could see that appealing to people like your father. And I don't mean that as a negative on your dad, but just, you know, him being 
in his belief structure, you know. I think my dad read the book when it came out. The could be that too. Sure. Um, and also, you remember my friend Joe who came on the... Um, oh, from Cinema, Cinema Wars and yeah. So he and I were going to go see it. And we invited my dad. And this was, I believe, the last time I went to see a movie with my dad. For very good reason. I think I may have <laughs> seen one more with him, but like, this was the worst interaction I've ever had with my father at a movie. Okay. Dad, the movie starts and <laughs> Dad more than once says, ah, give me a fucking break. When like, <laughs> they're talking about like the church and religion right. and Jesus and this and my dad's like, ah, give me a fucking break. And then my dad leans back, puts his feet on the chair in front of him, as some sure. people do in the feet. Sure, I do except that. There was, except there was a motherfucker sitting in the uh, chair. Well, okay, yeah. And he just kind of stooped down, and my dad just basically put his feet on the dude's head. <laughs> and the dude was like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and then, throughout all that, oh, yeah, bullshit, he falls asleep and snored. Oh, my God. So loud. Like, like, to the point where it's like, Joe and I are getting glares at us, and we're like, uh, and I'm He's like asleep. trying to nudge dad up, like, what are you doing? Right. They're like, right. This movie's bullshit. I'm like, why? You want it to be true? Like, what do you, what are you, what, what, what are you complaining about? Yeah. So that, um, that was my, uh, that was, in- <laughs> every time I watch The Da Vinci Come, I always like imagine, I, I could hear my dad snoring <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How's he doing, by the way, real quick? Oh, he's doing. He's doing better. He's it's good. I'm. It, I make it. I'm. I'll, I'll make a joke, but like it's un, it's unnerving that he's now catching up and like able to like chase after me. Oh, because geez. before he fucked up his leg, I can like outwalk the motherfucker, and now I'm like, right. fuck, you're getting better. I yeah. have to like hide <laughs> from you now. Um, that's funny. I, we've been we've been seeing him. He is good. his knee is getting much 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 better. Good, good. Um, his out still sucks, but you know his well, knee's getting better. Sure. Um, anyway, getting back to the movie, I, as someone who was raised Catholic and have, has seen two popes selected in my lifetime, as you probably would have too, because they were both selected in your lifetime, I was still intrigued by the actual selection process. I don't mean from the movie, I mean when it actually happened, you mm-hmm. know, especially the first time, because at that point I was even... As I've gotten older, I've become less and less attached to what I was raised on, you know? Sure. And at that point in my life, I was in my early, mid-20s, and it had been probably 10 years since I had been an active participant at the church, but moments like that still intrigue me. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I, I was heavily watching, like, CNN and those channels, much like you see in the Angels and Demons movie, like the coverage was like that. There were fucking TV trucks. Media frenzy. Yeah, and and again, much like the movie, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. 
McDonald's. I'm loving it. Booby, there was, you know, hundreds if not thousands of motherfuckers in the middle of of the square waiting to find out the decision. Um, so that's part. And then to, to finally see it, I guess, from the inside, because from what I know and the way I was raised, how that actually occurs was very accurately depicted in the movie, except for when Patrick goes in and kind of breaks it early because of the bomb threat. Like that's when it all falls apart. But up to that point, everything they said is, is actual doctrine and how that process takes place. Yeah. I would say that Dan Brown, like I said, is a great researcher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I think there, there's something to mention the fact that like, the Catholic Church has been so against the Vichy Code Angels and Demons, in part because I might agree that they're, I might say that he probably is exposed too accurate. And exposed some stuff, possibly? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, who's to say? Do I believe fucking Jesus was the Son of God? No. Do I believe Jesus got down and dirty with Mary Magdalene? Absolutely. Does it fucking <laughs> matter? No. No. Like, no. Uh, I don't. Although, uh, again, one little random bit of trivia for the Da Vinci Code. When Teabing is reading that book of Philip. Yeah. And he, and then Tom Hanks interrupts him. He says, and he loved her. And she, and he would kiss her on the, and then he stops because Hanks interrupts him. That actually, for scholars who, there is a book of Philip, allegedly. Right. But I, I, that it, it's, it's been torn apart. So the official doc, doctrine or document ends right where Teabing. Tom Hanks interrupts him, which oh. means Teabing would not have been able to like Finish say sentence. anything else. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how they are like, they jumped in right when it was just going to end anyways. Um, and uh, to that same, to that same trivia level, like the thing that I find interesting or not, it's not so much trivia because it's, it's in your face in the movie, but I loved how they use the movie to describe why Friday the 13th is Friday the 13th. Because they get into yeah. that, you know, and and that's the other thing it's real very, quick. It's very brief. It's brief, but it's it's accurate. It's memorable. It's yeah. also accurate. That's what I'm saying Is to it? you. Like, yeah, oh. it's accurate. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like that book that he picks up and throws at him and that not and he doesn't throw it at him in like a shitty way, but he's like throwing it to him to catch it. Oh, the, the book about how to kill witches and women that's, and free thinking women. That wasn't created for that movie. That book is real. Of course. Yeah. You know, and and the Friday the 13th thing, that thing that happened on October 13th, you know, 700, you know, that <laughs> that actually occurred, you know. Um, I got to, uh, again. Actually, that I wasn't the witches. The, the Friday the 13th was the killing of the Templars, but still. But, he, yeah, but it, I, I see what you're saying, that he, Dan Brown either did some amazing research or he has got an innovative enough mind. Well, some to... of that's available. Like that, like I said, that book is real and that's, you, you can go and find that book and read it. It's well, there's a, there's a, see when Dan Brown wrote angels and demons and then like, it, it kind of was like, yeah, it was a good book, but like Da Vinci code was what made him a name. Sure. And a lot of the criticism was that he had sort of taken, a lot of inspiration from another book, and I want to say it's called Holy 
holy something, holy blood or something. And it's these two others that basically their research was what Dan Brown was saying is that if there is a lineage, if this is the biggest cover up because the Catholic Church doesn't want to acknowledge that Jesus had offspring. Right. Because then they would say that he's a man. Although, if you break it down, God did fuck like Mary, the Virgin Mary. So, well, like, he didn't, no, that's, he didn't stick, stick a dick in her, but like, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why can't Jesus actually like have sex? Because sex, I, I, like, I'm all over the fucking place, but I, I, I stick to what I say, which is most religions are anti-woman. Oh, sure. And, and I, I, that's why, again, that's why I, I sort of get where T being is coming from because I'm like, the motherfucker just like is just a fan of women, which I find, uh, I Comforting. find refreshing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's his. Well, that's why I think the word zealot works for him because his his intentions or his 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 thoughts are good. His actions, not so much for the most part. That also goes more or less in the same thing with. Ben Foster's character in Inferno. As when Steph and I were watching, we were oh, like, totally. Well, he's just Thanos. He's just, you beat me to it. I was going to say it's Thanos. It totally is Thanos. What I liked actually is that in the I didn't read the book, but I, after doing some research, I found out that in the book, the virus that he or the the plague that he puts out that if it had gone public would not have done boils and and you know, plaguey type shit. It was actually going to make half the population of, of, of people sterile. It was just going to cut the possibility of reproduction. Right. And then every next generation would also have a slimmer chance of still being able to repopulate. So that essentially he would stop the population from, uh, Expanding, which means he would have ended the fucking population within 200, 300 years. Um, you know, the, people are going to keep fucking, but you know, that's, that's the other thing uh, that has nothing to do with this. But I'm like, people need to stop fucking or just like be better at it. Just aim properly for Christ's sake. Aim properly. Um, yeah. aim, aim anywhere else. To aim, your... aim at the fucking wall. It's, it's better for the Use environment. Use a sock. It works. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, to your your point, real quick, it it's, it's holy blood, holy grail. There it is. So and Dan Brown lifted that whole ideology, and they even reference it in the fucking book. Allegedly, according to what I'm no. reading, according to this, it's alleged. There's no. It has not been proven that he lifted it. Well, because they sued him and he denied it, but it's in the book. In the Da Vinci Code, there's a character that brings up that book. Oh, well, in the book. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So, it, I don't think he stole it. I think he adapted. Just like, you know, anyone else. Right. And we've had our own, for something we can't talk about yet, we've had our own discussions about adapting material lately. Right. So, but, um, uh, but back to Angels and Demons. I, I, I think I dug it because... He, it's, I think I dug it more than Da Vinci Code, even though I like Da Vinci Code. It's because there is a timestamp. He has to do this, but he's still doing, ah, uh, yes, this is the Illuminati's secret base. 
but we have to get through it because we have to right. fucking save these priests. Whereas the Da Vinci Code, even though he's got the police chasing him half the time, he spends a lot of time staying there and being like, oh, yeah, look at all this. This is Leonardo Da Vinci's fucking he's – he's a glorified tour guide. Yeah. But then in Inferno, he doesn't do – he does like that once. He doesn't – I think that's another reason why I like Inferno the least because he doesn't do as much the – As much. I can – of I can the, think of, of treasure shit. I can think of three sequences where he does it in Inferno. Okay, the Dante mask. Okay, four then. Honestly, oh. so yes, the Dante mask is one, and these are not in order since you brought that up. But the Dante mask, the Dante painting out of the the pointer. And, yeah. Um, the the museum where they had the paintings on the ceilings and the walls and all that stuff. But he Remember? really doesn't. It's really kind of. It's quick. It's it's not worried, but it's still doing it. I I okay. I'm with you, but he's still doing it. And then hold on, I just lost the third, the last one. Oh, when they're going to find the actual bag with the 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 virus or whatever in it, oh, and in Istanbul, in Istanbul, and he's pointing out. Well, there's kind of two sequences there. Now I think about it. The one about the horses when he's asking the questions about if they've ever been beheaded. Remember, they're asking that tour guide, and then when when they're actually going to stop the final sequence, when they're in that underground water thing, and he's like talking about Medusa and the type of god, you know, the that whole thing. But it, it's but not he, as he, yeah. It's so rushed. It's not. It, it, you miss it. Well, Whereas Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, you spend the time learning something or exploring the mystery. Whereas like. Like uh, it, it's the equivalent of like Indiana Jones trying to explain what he's hunting as he's running away from the boulder. Well, is my, that, my analogy for it. That to me goes back to the Jack Ryan thing be, because like in the Hunt for Red October, which is the first Jack Ryan movie, it's very research the sub. Why would this sub be this way? Why would the why would the captain be this way? Why would you know like there's a lot of that. There's there's getting into it and there's certainly the sequence towards the end, which is a little more action oriented, but the bulk of that movie is sub research and trying to get into the mind of Ramius and that kind of stuff. Whereas in like the later ones like Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games and certainly the one with Affleck, it's more of an action flick. So right. it's the same path it's the same path you know pathos of da vinci versus angel and demon versus inferno i think it just also i would much rather have seen lost symbol or this new one origins from what i've read origin sounds more closer to the da vinci code and uh angels and demons it's all about like like it's an atheist discovering the real, re- the real reason of how we got here, and where are we going? Right, like the ultimate questions, right? For for a religious perspective, or even a non-religious perspective, that screams more than someone released a pathogen. It, it's well, that's what I'm know. saying. I and, think that's why they were trying to take the series, and it's failed. It failed miserably. But it, I think that and, and it killed the series, as far as I'm concerned. Unfortunately, probably, yeah. Um... But we'll the see good if news TV series is going to happen, right? But even if it doesn't, the good news is we have two really good movies, and in my opinion, yeah. an okay movie. Like I don't, I don't dislike it as much as you do, but I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you by any long shot. Like I was saying to Deb today, because I watched it again today for the, this is the third time I've seen Inferno. 
I saw it when I first bought it, and then I watched it randomly another night, and then to prepare for today, I watched it again, because it had been a while since I had seen it. And I said to Deb, even as exhausted as I am, that I actually found myself enjoying it for the first time today when I watched it. You know who I liked? Who? I liked the dude who the, um, oh, fuck, I don't remember his, I don't remember the, the dude from Jurassic World who's like the, who oh, like fucks up the whole Is that who that like, is? I know, I know who you're talking about. The, the, the head of the secret security service. I can't think of his name either, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Something Khan, I think his name is. Maybe. You know, I, Mark. Yeah. I like, I thought he was funny. I thought he, I think it was, I don't know if his character is supposed to be an Indian actor because I think his name is Harry Sims in the book or in the movie. And then I think it, they, because the dialogue just is, is so fucking clever and funny. I was to say an Indian guy can't say that. It just, the way that his character speaks is not how that actor looks, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't know. I was pleasantly I, surprised by his tongue-in-cheek sarcasm. I thought it was really fucking funny. The opinions and reflections of Rico do not reflect the, the opinions and reflections of Potescu. Thank you very much. I wasn't trying to say anything bad. I just I was thrown off by by his... Uh, um, his name by is Efron Khan. If I'm Irfan saying that right, or Irfan, Irfan Khan, my bad. And okay. you're right; his character's name is Harry Sims. Which I, in the book, that's my point. Is in the book, he doesn't even have a name. Okay. Well, I yeah. Um, they just call him whatever the fuck he is, the Proctor or something. I well, no, Proctor's in Da Vinci Code. He, uh, they call him something specific in Inferno. Okay, well, I didn't read the book. Name. I didn't read the book, so I don't know. Um, Felicity Jones, I thought, did a good job. I liked her character for being, I like you said, the okay. villainous. You know, I I think she was interesting. She was she was another interesting foil uh, and another good counterpoint. I still like the Italian one uh, from the second one. Yeah, um, honestly, for me, Sophie Navoo is the my favorite. I. But again, I like that movie the best, so it's probably why. Um, sure. But I, I mean, I also like the whole concept of her being the last scion. You know, like it. It actually made it more interesting to me after the first time I saw it when I find that out. Because when you go into the, and sorry for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but if you go into the Da Vinci Code, having never read the book or seen the movie, you don't. When she's introduced, you have no idea. And and they they guard it pretty well up until <laughs> I I mean I sort of I knew it was coming. Well, actually, I hadn't seen I hadn't read the Da Vinci Code until after I saw the movie. I had read Angels and Demons. Okay, but so I but I kind of saw it coming. It, it was still like oh I okay I they cool. they I was thinking there's no way they're gonna go this direction. And then once they start talking about offspring, I'm like. One hundred percent, she is Jesus's kid or grand great grand right, right, right. kid, um, and also because Dogma did ruin that, that as well. I knew Sion was connected to that, so the but Priory I, of Sion. Well, the Priory of Sion, yeah, but it, the Priory of Sion, even if it doesn't translate to "we're here to protect Jesus's lineage," it made me think they're going to go that direction. 
Right, but it didn't mean it had to be her. That's my point. Well, they wouldn't have introduced another... I don't know. I found... I don't know. I just sort of saw it. Like, Okay, well, also I'm sorry the, the that fact, you're more observant than I am. Well, so. also because, they, you know, the whole Princess Sophie, I'm like, okay, princess, royalty. It's not just a grandfather being... Oh, you're my little, you're like calling his granddaughter a, a nickname. Well, yeah, but when and they I, start, it was very. When they start pointing that out, yes, but up until that point, like, okay, when she walked into the Louvre, did you think she was Jesus's relative? Of course not. She That's my beard. point. Okay, That's my but point. then, like, ha- halfway through the movie, I'm like, there's eh, something about this. Right, but even then, once you finally know, and you go back and you watch scenes where, you know, the drug dealer in the park and. You know, Langdon in the truck, and you know that—that that like that. actually, now that you mentioned, that's probably where I was like, she has some magic touch where she can get rid of his fucking uh, claustrophobia. Well, and it's interesting because, and I'm not uh, alluding to anything, but my therapist does this thing where well, some of the stuff that I go through in my therapy is a thing called processing, and that's both sounds worse and is too complicated to get into tonight. But essentially. It is very physically demanding while not moving at all, if that makes any sense. It's, it's, it's mental therapist or is this physical therapist? Mental, but it, but it is still very physically demanding in, in that it takes a lot out of your body physically. Um, sure. And Kate, when I'm done, she'll say, Do you, are you okay? And it's not just to me. This is apparently like a common thing. And... Mm-hmm. One time I had this really bad headache that that came on while I was doing it, and I I don't know if it was related or not, but she did this thing where she, like, squeezed my head in, like, three different places, and then with with fingers in front of my eyes did, like, a figure eight shape, and my headache Mm -hmm. was gone instantly. Now, I'm not saying she she has any kind of... wired you, essentially. Kind of, yeah, but it was really, and I'm not saying she has any religious powers or she's like some scion or anything like that. But is she the last scion, right? But I'm saying is like there's, you know, there are ways to like press on pressure points and things like that to make headaches go away. I don't know if I would get rid of claustrophobia, but to relieve anxiety for sure. Do you know what I mean? So. You know it, that it was interesting that they were able to to use those things until you knew for certain who she was. Do you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. I did like her sense of humor at the end where she tries to like step, step on water. water. Yeah. And then she's like, maybe I'll practice, maybe the wine will work out better for me when I can turn yeah. water into wine. Uh, yeah. I thought that was, I'm like, of course a French woman would say that. Of course. So, um, you know, we, we, we're really not even talking about angels and demons that much. Like, um, well, cause there's look, it, it, angels and demons is just, it's a fine movie. I, it's certainly not the weakest of the three, but there's not, to me, a whole lot of memorable moments. You know what I mean? Three. I think. All right. The, well, whereas Silas is a really memorable villain in the Da Vinci Code, I really am dig. I dug the the assassin in the second one, who's like running around sure. and and fucking with all the priests and popes and the cardinals. The, yeah, the Prithi. Yeah. Um, I I thought his character was fascinating i also really dug that whole sequence where hanks and the 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 german swiss guard are like in in the uh the vacuum sealed vault basically like the library and he almost like chokes out yeah 
And I love the line where like Tom Hanks is like looking at the dude. He's like, "Do you smoke?" He's like, "A little." He's like, "Well, you better like sit down or you're gonna pass over. out." Yeah. And the funny thing is that actor who plays the the uh, the Swiss guard actually auditioned for Silas, but was deemed too young. And then like that. next movie got like a lot of screen time. Well, because it's a different character. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the actor audition for Silas. No, I get that, but I'm saying that being it's a different character, he he probably fit the role better, is all I'm saying. Well, he, he, well, he was deemed too young, but like Ron Howard's like, your audition was really good. I'm going to try and put you in a movie someday. And then, right, and I'm like, he does. Because I don't even think that character in the book is featured as much. Also, I like the guy who played the, the, the Italian like head of the... Like Vatican FBI or something. Yeah, I liked him. No, not Stellan Skarsgård, the other guy, right? Because he the was, other guy, the, he the, was the, the Italian goatee. Oh, the Italian FBI, you said, right? Not the Vatican. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I was sad that he died, but um, no, I was too. I I liked his character. I I no, it, it's it's a good movie and there's good moments, but like it's not. I don't. There's not a sequence like the thing with teaming and. You know things like that, or or the meeting with the council discussing what they're going to do next, or Silas attacking the nun. You know when he finds out that she lied to him. You know, like there's not sequences as many to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. I I dug like I really kind of dug the fountain death. That was good. The, that was a good where it was well, not death because they stopped yeah, it. I, right. Yeah. I liked I liked the whole era one where they like punctured the lungs and like blood gets spat in See, Hank's face. My favorite moments, not just the seeing the behind scenes, but was like when Robert's talking to Patrick and when he's discussing things with the woman about what could be going on, or even at the end when he's talking to the the guy who becomes the Carmelingo for the new Pope. At the very end, if you recall. Yeah. And, or not Carmelingo. There's a, Carmelingo's only when these, the popes passed away, but you know what I'm talking about. The guy that's. The, the second best, yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, they're talking about, you know, he's an old man, but at the same time, like, you know, that whole sequence, like those interactions to me in the Angels and Demons movie were more impactful than the running around and the blowing up of cars and, you know, that kind of it's, stuff. You actually remind me of a minor situation. Because Ewan McGregor is the bad guy. In, Antagonist, in Angels and Demons, yeah. He, he's the one who's paying the assassin to capture these cardinals, torture them, murder them, all that shit. Right. Which means he's also the one who blew up the van. Yep. Or I think it was a Jetta, but yeah. Whatever, what, whatever, the, whatever the fuck it was. He is where? How the fuck did he have the time? Which means he must have done it far in advance. He before like the whole, well, he or he could have arranged it with somebody else. He could have had a, a, a third party that didn't need screen time to to put the bomb on the car. Yeah, but I doubt it. That's that's my point. Oh, he sure. would not have been telling too many people, you know, that, oh, yeah, I'm doing all this so I can become the youngest Pope ever. Well, not only that, but I think, well, but yeah, but he could have presented it differently to it, like the, the bomb guy. I mean, like, I just need you to blow this car up 
at this or set this car to blow up when the ignition's turned on. Like that's all he, you know what I mean? Like, and if you get some scumbag who just doesn't give a shit, then he's not going to care about why or how. Just he'll wire the car. You know what I mean? I don't know, but I I I, I liked how you and Ewan's character went through a whole arc because he's charming, very friendly. Yeah. He's sympathetic. And then you just see him. I, I also, because I had read the book, I saw it. I knew, I knew the right. end coming. Right. Mile away. But I loved how he was like that part where he thinks he's going into the room of all the Cardinals. And he's basically thinking there, I know they're going to elect me as the new Pope and I'm going to have to act, and act they, surprised. And they're all glaring at him. And he just slowly realizes, Oh shit. And yep. then he like goes and instead of just being like, all right, you fucking got me. He's like, fuck you guys. I want to set myself on fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, that part, <laughs> I agree. That part, that whole sequence was good. But again, nothing just, and that's probably why I like Da Vinci Code better because nothing, while well, it's all good and it's all enjoyable and it's well done, none of it grabs me like those sequences I keep referencing in the Da Vinci Code with you know, teabing and, and the council and so forth and so on. Um, I, I, I just think I like it better, you know, and, and that doesn't make either of us right or wrong. We've said that a hundred times at this point, you know, like, so. Well, I, I think we should wrap up, but I, I had a limerick. <laughs> oh yeah. You've been I... doing these limericks on Twitter. Did you want to do one live now? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. I have, okay. I had one that I, I forgot to do for Tom Hanks, which means, I might try and make it a reoccurring thing. I might try and do like a limerick. Maybe not every episode, but like if we're talking about someone or if a certain movie franchise and we talk about an actor. Something, so, yeah, something important. Sure. So I got one for Tom Hanks. So this correlates. There once was an actor named Hanks who spent Private Ryan shooting tanks. He solved Da Vinci's code, walked the Paradition Road, and will always give him our thanks. CJ here with a few thank yous and let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. Listen to Podeskew on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. We want to thank our logo designer and show friend, Mike, for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. Again, that's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme is Skew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. It's the ancient Illuminati thread, destruction of Vatican City through light.
If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. 